If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, let the game begin. Everybody's gonna lose, and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. Good golly, Miss Molly. Little Richard says it all. It's Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel. And as always, we are here to get you rich. Quick. That's right, because that's what we do. And in return, you will give us 10% of all your massive earnings, which really isn't that much if you think about it. If you're making billions of dollars off of our ideas, 10% is nothing. That's right. If, you have a, if you're an actor and you have a manager instead of an agent, you get charged 15 or 20%. 15 to 20%. That's right. That's yeah. a lot. That's a lot of money, 20%. Yeah. We don't ask for anything like nothing, that. Nothing. Nothing. And you still have to do 90% of the work. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing today, Noel? I am doing good, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, something we should mention off the top uh-huh. is we have a photographer in here, uh, Ben. Very exciting. Yes, as the empire of Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel grows, so Expands. does our need for... Uh-huh. Photographers, I guess. <laughs> That's right. I mean, to, to document our every movement and moment yes. uh, of the Get Rich Quick empire as our tendrils, as our Kraken-like tendrils expand, absorb the ship that is New York and eventually the world. The world. And crushes it to our breast, squeezing out every dime that it has to offer. But Ben is here. Ben is from Lit Riot Press. Yes, he is. Um, which you guys may remember from uh, being mentioned by last week's guest, Tom Tenney. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's taking photographs of us as well as all of the other shows that are on Radio Free Brooklyn. Um, to you, Yeah. I was well, just going to say, so yeah, if you hear some noise in the background, it's Ben making us look good. That's right. That's right. And we're going to look good. There's lighting in here. Yeah, there is. There's a guy with multiple cameras in here. It's a very professional setup. For Josh very, put a shirt on. <laughs> I did. I got a haircut. I, sh- I trimmed my beard. I realized I looked in the mirror before, like yesterday, and I said, oh shit, I'm getting my photo taken. I need to do something about this. Okay, so that was uh, for, for the pictures. Uh, and also so my wife would like me. Okay. <laughs> the combination. That's, that's important of the to have. Two. But yeah, the pictures definitely played a part in it. I, I can't lie. I can't lie that my vanity didn't have something to do with it. You know, I have something. Uh, that sprung from my vanity very recently. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I know you knew about this, but um, so recently there was uh, North Korea blew mm-hmm. up a bomb that they claimed was a hydrogen bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone else says no way, no how. But uh, I was at work and I decided like, ah, I'm going to see if I can Google Earth this place. So I just looked it up, found out the town that it's by. And I found the town, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm sure it's not in the middle of the town. I'll never be able to find this place. Well, sure enough, there's a a road going through the town called Nuclear Test Road. (laughs) And I followed Nuclear Test Road down on the Google map until it came to Nuclear Test Site. Mm -hmm. And um, there had been a whole bunch of, like, Google reviews of people had left of, like, you know, I stayed there, and it was wonderful, <laughs> but my hair fell out at the end of the weekend. I don't know what happened to that. And uh, there was also something there that said, uh, this business is unclaimed. You know, click here if this is your business. So 
being the empire builder I am, I decided uh-huh. to try and claim that as being a get rich quick with Josh and Noel business. Oh God! So I clicked on it. It wouldn't let me do it. I think it was because it was in North Korea, a weapons site. <laughs> but uh, if anyone out there knows how to get our name on that site, we would love for everyone who looks it up on the internet to think it's owned by Get Rich Quick. With it would Josh be great. We would even be willing if anyone from North Korea is listening out there. We would be willing to do sort of a. Uh, uh, sponsorship deal yeah where get rich quick will sponsor it not unlike uh uh like naming rights yeah like they do for all the stadiums nowadays oh yeah right get rich quick nuclear testing site yeah where north korea tests all of their bombs i mean that would be some some and that would mean all the news every time north korea tested a bomb a nuclear bomb yeah all Media around the world would have to refer to the Get Rich Quick nuclear testing site in North Korea. That's right. And we'd probably be able to get into some sort of like Dennis Rodman party, too. <laughs> probably. <laughs> He's very big in North Korea, you know. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Um, but it's funny that you're talking about nuclear testing, Noel. I know it is. Because remarkably, that story ties right into our topic today, which is... Weapons. What a topic it is for us today. That's it's right. It's a little, a little juvenile. I feel like I was... Uh, uh, I don't know if you experienced this. I don't know if this was like a peculiar kind of a, maybe a certain type of guy thing or a, a peculiar New York guy thing at a certain period of time. But when I was in uh, middle school here mm-hmm. in New York City, there were, and these were the cool kids in the school, were way into weapons. Oh, really? I, I, not like guns and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Nunchucks, stars, okay, like all the all ninja sure, shit. Sure, sure. But not, none of them ever uh, uh, opted to take any kind of martial arts training. Yeah, they just like to carry the stuff around in their bags. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they would do sort of nunchuck moves whilst out in front of school. Yeah, and they never got uh, the stuff confiscated because it was a ritzy school of a lot of gentlemen C kids. Um, so they would have never gotten in trouble, really. But it was it was a very weird thing. These these edged and bladed weapons were were uh, really big amongst the cool boys. Yeah, and they'd walk around with them all the time. Then they'd kind of threaten you with them, but they didn't really know how to use any of them. Yeah, uh, I went to school in Canada. Uh, <laughs> where and they don't believe in weapons. Where they don't believe in <laughs> weapons, pretty much. Uh, and as a kid. I had to even take the lightsabers out of the arms of my Star Wars figures because that was too warlike. You <laughs> was that your choice? Or no, was that, that was your, not my choice. Your parents' yes. choice. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's great. That's so Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> that is so Canadian. You don't have mass shootings in Canada, do you? Ever? Uh, well, there was one recently. Uh, not to the, nothing to the the degree they have here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole. Uh, w- yeah, guns are not the problem that they are here. No, they some get across the border because it's the largest unprotected border in the world. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's no love of guns in Canada. Well, people hunt though. Yeah, they I hunt, mean, right. but there's no like. It's not that that gun culture, right, right, you know, where it's all about guns. Well, n- not in this country. There is really a gun culture, and of course, you know, it's all been in the news for months and years at this point. The gun culture in our country, but. After doing any kind of research on this topic yeah. this week, the level 
of the gun culture in this country was sort of astounding and at times sickening to me. Oh, yeah. It's, I have it's to crazy. Say. Um, you know, but weapons are more than just guns. They are. There's lots of different kinds of weapons out there. I even brought up martial arts weapons. Sure. For instance, there are weapons that we, there was a, a, a we decided in the middle of the week <clears throat> that there were certain things we wouldn't uh, touch on. That's right. No mustard gas recipes. <laughs> right. No mustard gas <laughs> recipes. No sarin recipes. Yeah. No recipes for sort of uh, mass chemical deaths. Nothing that'll get us arrested. Right. Exactly. Or other people killed. Uh huh. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of kept it a uh, uh, little more straight down the line. Okay. But uh, in the process of, of, of doing dealing with this, I, I remembered that when I was living in St. Thomas, my mother was kind of a weirdly, you know, my mother was one of those people that kind of knew everybody. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> she had lots of friends in various service industries, like the guy who was the high-end flower guy was a good friend of hers, mm -hmm. you know, and the woman who was the high-end caterer was a friend of hers. And uh, she would sometimes help them out on big jobs and stuff like that. And one year, and I don't know, you may or may not remember this name, but Adnan Khashoggi came down in his yacht. Okay. And back in the 70s and 80s, for a good chunk of time, Adnan Khashoggi was the richest man in the world he was <clears throat> worth at the time uh, seven or eight hundred million dollars, mm -hmm. which was uh, about as close to being a billionaire as you would get back then. Sure, <clears throat> you know I think eight hundred million dollars of those years' money is probably worth is the equivalent of like one and a half to two billion dollars now. Peanuts, um, <clears throat> peanuts, <laughs> nothing like what you guys are going to make. That's right, today. Um, but she was friends with. The uh, the flower guy, mm -hmm. and he got charged. Adnan pulled his boat into the into the boat docking area. Sure, it wasn't really the harbor, but out there, and he started to throw these lavish parties for anyone who is anyone on the island. Great. Um, and so. My mother's friend, the flower guy, was hired to do all the flowers for these things. So he was going on this boat every day for about two weeks mm -hmm. doing all new flower arrangements, lavish, huge, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in flower arrangements. While she was on the boat helping him, she was walking around and she was seeing all this stuff. On the bar were 24 karat gold swizzle sticks mm -hmm. for every cocktail. Wow. Which you could just take. Sure. After you finished your cocktail and you pocketed your swizzle stick, you could walk around. It was the classic everything lavishly painted in gold and silver and bejeweled. Okay. And I thought to myself, even back then, it's amazing. Arms dealers are so fucking rich. And that's what he was? That, oh, yeah. That's exactly what he was. Okay. He was He was actually the guy. He was the guy who brokered the Iran-Contra deal. Oh, really? Between... <laughs> <laughs> Between America and the Contras, yeah, he was no messing around. This guy was huge. He he brokered huge deals. A lot of what arms dealers do isn't even so much actually transporting the arms back and forth, although sometimes that is their responsibility. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they are the go-between 
the this is because it's a very shadowy thing, right? Yeah. There are countries that, uh, uh, especially in the United States, there's a lot of laws regarding countries you can and can't deal with with arms. Uh-huh. But if there's someone who's buying your arms from you and then selling them to someone else. You're, as the company manufacturing the arms, you're not really selling the arms. You're selling to Adnan Khashoggi, and he's selling right. to the So contest. it's like the gun show thing where they say people are buying mm-hmm. guns, going to the parking lot, and sell them. Right, exactly. Right. Similar, similar idea, right? So it's legal for him to buy them, but if he's caught selling them, well, it's illegal in America to sell them yeah. to this country, so he may get nailed with indictments in America, but it's not illegal in, say, Dubai, for instance, for him to sell to this country so he can just hole up in Dubai for a while yeah. with no extradition, right? So there's multiple layers of the sort of weird ways you can get around this stuff. But uh, I was always, even from a young age, I was kind of enthralled by this idea of being an international arms dealer. <laughs> <laughs> and... Anytime there would be a movie or a book written about it, I would I would watch. Nicolas Cage was in a terrible movie about being an international arms dealer. I can't even remember the name. It was awful, awful, awful. Yeah. But I watched that movie like three times because I was so intrigued by the idea of it. And then I said, we have this great thing called Google. How does one become an international arms dealer? Okay. It's remarkably easy. Well, sure. But easier than you would even think. So one of the great things about our country is that the biggest single uh, uh, contractor, or I should say biggest single uh, uh, provider of contracts in the world mm-hmm. is the American government. Yeah. About 90% of all those contracts that are being fulfilled are for the Department of Defense. Sure. Um, <clears throat> you don't need to do much to become a contractor for the United States government. Now, the United States government, the Department of Defense, has a whole section where they sell arms to other countries. Yeah. Um, but they can't do it directly. You can legally be a broker of arms for the United States Department of Defense to help out people that they support, governments that they support, and the and the U.S. government will pay you. You just have to bid on this contract. Okay. Okay. So it's only illegal when you go rogue, right? You okay. go rogue, or if you do certain, if you, if you, uh, uh, yeah. So, so, okay. So, on the most basic thing, you can go to, uh, what's it called here? Uh, FedBizOps.gov. Okay. Okay, and that is short for surprise, surprise, federal business opportunities within the United States government. You can go there and do a search, which I did, mm-hmm. for weapons. Mm-hmm. You can choose the past 90 days, 30 days, two days, up to a year. And it will show you all of the contracts that the United States government has available for anything. I mean, you can put anything in there. Yeah. So I put in weapons, and I got 50 pages of 50 items on each page. Yeah. In the past 90 days of government contracts having to do with weapons or weaponry. All right. Okay, now some of these are just, uh, you know, uh, flanges that they need for a specific piece 
mm-hmm. right? So if you're if you're a company that manufactures these flanges, you can put in a bid. Yeah. Right, and if you win, you win, and 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 uh, you now are supplying five hundred flanges for this particular piece. So I went through and I found non-standard ammunition, non-standard mortar weapon systems, and commercial ammunition. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> the U.S. Army is contracting uh, in New Jersey uh, maneuver ammunition systems, uh, and this is a market survey to try to get people to uh, provide them with ammunition and what is referred to as non-standard mortar weapon systems for them to sell to other countries. Okay. All right. Now, what non-standard mortar ammunition systems are, I know this is, this is getting a little, but it's, it's kind of crazy, <laughs> is, uh, is ammunitions, explosives, and weapons that are not managed by national inventory control points and have not been safety te- tested or classified for Army use, mm-hmm. do not have a national stock number, and cannot be procured or requisitioned through the Army or other Department of Defense supply system. So basically, the Army, the Department of Defense, is looking for people... To make their own? To go out and buy weapons from other sources to provide weaponry to other sources. Oh, wow. Okay? Yeah. So you can go to someplace like Albania, for instance. Mm Mm-hmm. And as long as you're not buying any weaponry that's, say, from China uh-huh. or a, like verboten places, you can then take this with this contract and then sell it to this other. You're, you're really sort of selling it to America to give to uh, another country. Yeah. Okay? So Can the, you Alibaba <clears throat> this stuff? You can probably. Well, the problem <laughs> is ammunition and weapons in America cannot come from China. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. There is a, that's the one big one. China, North Korea— Anyone that we don't want to feed money into sure. their coffers. But you could go to, for instance, uh, <clears throat> Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a biannual, right, once every two years, the biggest uh, arms and weapons exposition in the world. It's called uh, the... International Defense Exhibition, or the Ideas. Yeah. Um, and you can go there and hobnob with generals and uh, the people who make weaponry, and you can cut deals with them as long as you show them that you have the contracts in place and that you can get them the money, and you can become an arms dealer. Yeah. I, I would imagine the mm. hardest part about being an international arms dealer, though, isn't necessarily becoming one. It's not being murdered instantly once you are one. It does. There is a book out about these two guys in Florida mm-hmm. who did this out of their apartment. One guy was not unlike myself, a massage therapist. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. Um, this story is is it's it's it. Someone wrote a book about it, and it's been on NPR. The interviews with these guys, but. Uh, yeah, he was he was paying his way through college. He was he was a part-time massage therapist paying his way through college. Mm-hmm. His buddy and he were going over to dinner to someone's house and he said, "I'm making a lot of money." And he was like, "Doing what? How much money do you have?" He's like, "I have about 2 million dollars in the bank right now." Uh-huh. And through this system that I 
talk to you about through government contracts. And it's very easy to become a government contractor. The paperwork costs you almost nothing. Mm-hmm. But in the when it's all said and done, as far as handling weapons, is the most expensive one. It'll cost you three thousand dollars for your 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 uh, firearm dealership license. Okay. Um, and uh, once you have, a, it'll take probably about a five to to ten business days all to right. get everything numbers and everything. Uh, settled so you can uh, start contracting because that's all the government needs is that you have a, a, a Dunn's number and you have a, a corporation, mm-hmm. right? Like whether it be an LLC or a sole proprietor or whatever, they don't care. It's even better if you are a woman or a minority or a small business because they tend to lean contracts that way. And there are specific contracts in general that only go to those businesses. Uh, and you can make tons of money. Okay, yeah, doing this. I don't doubt that. Damn, that's good. Um, you know, I uh, being truer to my Canadian roots. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess you don't have Canadian roots, but uh, the, I all everything I looked into was with the you know aim in mind of how uh-huh. do we make weapons safer, less lethal. Uh. Better. What's the fun in that? Oh, no, no, I had a lot of fun. Okay. I had a lot of fun. Uh, <clears throat> so I guess I'll go with uh, I'll, I'll go with my least high-tech ones first. Okay. All right. So uh, inspired by the fact of little guys getting rich, actually inspired by two different things. Uh, there's a guy. Lived in Detroit, was an ex-Marine, and a pizza delivery guy in the early 70s. Uh-huh. And he got shot twice while he was delivering pizzas. And he was like, screw this. He invented the mm. bulletproof vest. And really? And became extremely rich. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, then uh, also inspired by more directly now what we're getting to, uh, a few weeks ago I spoke about the Mongols. When they were taking over uh, Volhall, <laughs> uh-huh. I found out the, the city's name, uh, and they were laying siege to it, and they asked for all the birds and the cats right. to leave, and they brought out the birds and the cats, they tied wool to them and lit it on fire, and they all scared, ran back in the city and burned the city to the ground. So I'm like, great. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I go from there? Uh, <laughs> then I looked up another story. In World War II... The U.S. made bombs that were full of hibernating bats. Uh-huh. 800 hibernating bats within each bomb, and on them, very much like the Mongols, they had incendiary devices, mm-hmm. and the plan was to go over to Japan, <clears throat> let these bombs go, the bats go out, they roost all over the place, and like six hours later or something like that, right. and everything I, goes up in flames. I believe they were to drop them at dawn, uh-huh. so they would immediately fly to the to an eve to get out of the sunlight, and then when they woke up at night, it was supposed to set off the incendiary okay. device. Um, and then also inspired by the fact that the ancient Greeks used to launch live snakes in when they were naval battles onto other boats uh-huh. to cause panic. Snakes on a boat. Yep, snakes on a boat. 
And they weren't even poisonous snakes. They were just made to look poisonous or poisonous <laughs> snakes that had the poison removed so that they wouldn't get killed right. from them. Uh, so I thought, great. Uh, you know, this is the angle that we need to go down. Uh-huh. So one thing I thought of making was a uh, a leech gun that would launch <laughs> leeches onto the face of your attacker. Uh-huh. And give me a break. That guy's getting out of there. He's, right. he's not going to keep it. Who's going to keep attacking you with a leech on their face? I don't know. That's a good question. Especially multiple leeches. That's Can right. Can you imagine that? They would get out of there. That's right. Or at least while they're grabbing those leeches and trying to pull them off of their face, you have time to run away. Yeah. Okay? So you're you're dealing more in a non-lethal defense system yes. of weaponry. Yes. That's okay. exactly what I'm doing. Um <clears throat> Another thing I thought, which would be, uh, well, I'll, I'll go here first. So, low tech, uh huh. Also, we'll make this guy get away from you. Okay. Uh, a mm. vomit squirt gun, <laughs> and you lose weight while you load it, uh, <laughs> so you can look good, not get robbed, uh, and then going down that same angle. While you're mixing weaponry and bulimia. Oh yeah, simultaneously. No, this is, I, I'm hitting all markets. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so also thinking about this, and I I have a story of why this will work. Okay. Uh, when you first poo-poo the idea, because the idea is <laughs> a uh, make it your attackers flee with a poop stick, because they're going to get away from that stick. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And if you don't believe me, <laughs> in 2003 there was a TED talk by a man named Wade Davis, who's an anthropologist. And he told a story about how in the 1950s in Canada, uh, there was an Inuit. And in the time, there was an old, older Inuit man. And at the time, there was a law saying that they needed to move to reservations. And this old guy, he didn't want to go anywhere. He just wanted to stay where he was. And so his family was afraid he was going to do something. And they took all the tools and implements and everything away. So that mm-hmm. he couldn't do anything. So this guy, <laughs> old man, uh-huh. goes out in the middle of the night. He was in an igloo, goes outside, poops in his hand, and forms that oh, as it freezes uh-huh. into a poop knife. <clears throat> a poop knife. So he could stab someone with shit. Well, no, no, no. Just listen to this, man. I'm listening. So he makes a poop knife, which he somehow, I don't know how, but he somehow he, he sharpened it with spit. And then he went and he slaughtered a dog with a poop knife. Are you kidding me? Cut the dog open, made a sled out of the dog's bones. This did not happen. It did. It did happen. He made a, do- a sled out of the dog's bones. And then made a harness out of the dog's fur to attach to other dogs, and he took off never to be seen again. This is this is so poop <laughs> stick is a a good one. So uh, okay, so th- my one thing about the poop stick, I think the poop stick is a fine idea. Yeah. Okay, but are you talking about turning the poop stick into like a sword, or is it just having a wad of shit on the end of the poop stick that you're waving around under some guy's face while he's trying to attack you? Hey, either one's going to get that guy away from you. Well, if, <laughs> I mean, it's got to be relevant. How are you carrying a poop stick around with you as a, as as a preventative weapon? Well, good. I can also sell a uh, a poop stick, stick. sheath. Then <laughs> right. it'll be like it'll. Be- <laughs> 
it'll be like a, a samurai. Uh, uh, right, exactly. Yeah. And and just don't let it stay cool. It's got to keep be temperature controlled so the controlled so the poop doesn't smear away on the inside of the sheath. There you go. Lots of money. Um. There you go. I cannot believe that he was sharpened frozen feces and killed a dog and cut it open. Yeah. With a sharpened feces. And then cut its fur and made I a don't, harness. I just don't believe that at all. Well, it was a TED Talk. I don't think TED Talks <laughs> lie. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> wow. That was amazing. Um, I'm not so... I mean, yeah, I am fine on, on using your own feces. I don't see, you know, why you need a poop stick. Just carry a bag of shit around with you and throw it at him like a monkey. Yeah, uh, stick. Yeah, stick. Yeah, <laughs> fast stick. Why not? A, it, it, if it has a stick, it's a weapon. <laughs> and this show is about weapons. I'm staying as true to the show as possible. You are, and and what I like about your 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 weapon choices, they're all very natural. You can make it with stuff that's just around you. So far, I, yeah. I have higher tech stuff uh-huh. down the road. But before okay. we go down that road, Josh, uh huh, I think it's time we take a little break. Okay, and get away from weapons, which uh, we know we can make. Obscene amounts of money. Clearly. And uh, touch on another little topic, another way you can make more obscene amounts of money. So if you're waiting for a bus, if you're sitting on the toilet trying to make a poop knife or a poop stick, uh-huh. uh, if you're raw materials in an together. elevator, you're you're looking for slugs, uh-huh. uh, listen to this. Come back later, listen to the rest of the show and make more money. But uh, take it away, Josh. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. NASA wants you to go to sleep. Okay, this might sound crazy, but the space agency is looking for volunteers to stay in bed for 70 days. NASA is preparing for a bed rest study designed to monitor the changes to the human body from the conditions astronauts experience in extended space travel. And you could earn 18,000 bucks. The subjects will lie in bed for 70 days at a six degree angle to simulate conditions in microgravity where astronauts have to exert little force to complete a task, resulting in muscle atrophy. Scientists will monitor the participants' vitals and ability to fight off infections. So there you go. 70 days to lie in bed all day, every day with nothing but your computer, yourself, and your get-rich-quick pee jar. Yeah. Um, And you're getting paid $18,000. That's more than $5,000 a month. Yeah. And as we say, you know, not everything we say is for everyone out there, but this one's probably a great tip for the horribly depressed people (laughs) (laughs) that are listening to our show. (laughs) It is, but it's also, you know, look, we've talked about passive income. There's nothing more passive than lying in bed all day. Yeah. Right? You lie in bed all day. You have your computer. They're not stopping you from doing things as long as you do it in bed. Yeah. So you have, we've talked often about sitting on your computer, doing the things you do, just making money so rapidly mm-hmm. that you can't even get up and get away to go to the bathroom. Okay. So you'd be lay, you'd be sitting down or laying in bed anyway. Get paid for it. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Okay. You know you can use that eighteen thousand dollars to pay for all the sticks you need to develop your poop stick. You're going to need to get poop from somewhere. You can't create enough poop. Oh. To to <laughs> satisfy the demand for the poop stick once it hits the market. Once well. In the early days, I can. 
<laughs> you're selling them one at a time out of the back that's, of your that's truck. That's how you make a million dollars. One dollar at a time. No. <laughs> um, so I'm still a little on this poop stick okay. <laughs> idea. I'm, All right. I'm I'm a uh, 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 you know the uh, the uh, one thing I learned while looking at uh, at at weapons and things is I, I looked at sort of how to make your own weapons and and if you can market that mm-hmm. and there are all these uh, uh, oh what do you call those guys uh, uh, marketers not marketers lobbyists the the the, the Give me a survivalists. word. Survivalists. Like okay. Yes. There are all these survivalists and, and preppers okay. out there who have tons of websites, as you know, because you came across some in the earlier. Oh yeah. In the earlier ones, but a lot of them have make your own weapons. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Things like make your own compound bow out of PVC pipe. Okay. Make your own uh, uh, air cannon out of a lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, things of that nature, um, but they don't have make your own poop stick. <laughs> and they refer to when it when it all goes down. Yeah. They refer to it by the acronym of every time you see it is they say when the S H T F uh-huh. when the shit hits the fan, S H T F and you will be the guy when the shit hits the fan that's gonna have the one thing that's gonna protect everybody. That's right. Walk softly and carry a big <laughs> shit stick. <laughs> <laughs> you are the Teddy Roosevelt of a new scatological generation. I am. That's amazing. Um, so uh, do you have anything else you want to go into, or should I go further? Uh, well, I had a thought, again, because as an American, mm-hmm. the deadlier the better. And I thought to myself, well, you know, what markets for guns in this country haven't really been tapped into? Yeah. And... Uh, Guns for frogs. That's about it. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) I mean, if you look up like guns for women, yeah, you see a whole. I mean, just it's not that they're they're some are smaller, marketed Mm -hmm. specifically towards women, but they they are. Are you them ribbed for her pleasure? Well, they're pink. (laughs) Really? Yeah, they have like they're pink. They're they have their designer. Some are leopard print. They have a whole series of of thirty eights with uh, different colored and designed pistol grips. That's for the lady in your life Uh who loves to shoot. Um, They have rifles that are painted in incredibly beautiful uh, colors uh, designed to match outfits. There's a a person out there who will actually uh, take your weapon and, and holster and make you one to match any outfit that you want it to match with. Um, so there's a lot out there for women. But when you look for kids, mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot out there, right? And understandably, you don't want little kids necessarily. We see here all too often about how little kids are shooting their best friend because they got their hand on their father's gun. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> and there's plenty of toy weapons. But how do you create an environment that's family-friendly and weapon-friendly yeah. that your child can go out and shoot the shit out of stuff with. Yeah. And I thought to myself, why not a gun amusement park? (laughs) Right? Let's call it like... Yeah, sure. Disney of Destruction. Yeah. You know, give it whatever name you want. And I said, but this is America. I wonder if someone's had this idea. Oh, Mo. And you know what, Noel? Yeah, they have. Someone has. Yeah. And you know where it is, Noel? It's somewhere in the south. Orlando, Florida. (laughs) (laughs) And it's called Machine Gun America. Okay. (laughs) All right. And it is 
a gun experience uh, playland. Okay. They have different rooms where you get to shoot real machine guns, and they have you can go on their wa- website, Machine Gun America, and see the list of their guns. You can have use a forty four Magnum, a Coach gun, a Sig Sauer. Uh, you know, whatever your gun of choice is, you can use it. And right. then in rooms, they have the zombie apocalypse room. Oh, wow. You can shoot zombies with real guns. They have uh, uh, the... Uh, they're a proud partner with the Boy Scouts of America mm-hmm. because nothing you want more than on a scout trip is to send a bunch of 12-year-olds to a place where they're going to just randomly be shooting shit. <laughs> yeah. Um so I didn't know what to do with it. I just thought that I'd put it out there. There's only one, though. Well, in, in Vegas, there's those machine gun places where you can shoot machine guns. I don't know if you remember about a year ago, there was that little girl, like a, like a 10-year-old girl or something. Yes, yeah, The yeah. recoil, and she <coughs> killed, I don't know if it was the teacher, her dad, or something. That poor girl's scarred for life. Yes, it was the it was the person whose, whose business it was, actually, mm-hmm. who was showing her how to shoot. Yeah, she shot a... A machine gun, yeah. which, why you're letting, uh, she was, like, really young. Yeah. I think it was, like, eight, nine years old yeah, or something, something like, like that. that. Why you're letting a kid like that shoot a machine gun. And as I recall, his family was like, he died doing what he loved. <laughs> what he loved. Like, that was Teaching that, kids how to had shoot. To kill. You know, I, I did come up with a couple ideas, and I didn't really go down this path, uh-huh. of people that are just going <clears> to <throat> not let me make their guns safer and cling to the guns they have. and Yeah have just a gun family, mm-hmm. uh, and the only two things I came up with was for the little ones. The little ones. You could make um, little eyes and arms and stuff to stick on uh, Mr. Potato Gun, <laughs> and they could take a gun and just stick <laughs> eyes and arms on it, and uh-huh. it'd be like Mr. Potato Head. Uh-huh. Um, and for the teens that are hanging out in front of your high school, uh-huh. you could make gun chucks. <laughs> <laughs> We're just two guns on a chain. Yeah, that you're just swinging around, swinging and firing. Would they be loaded? Oh yeah. Oh awesome. You know, come on. <laughs> what good's a gun if it's not loaded? It's uh, just a piece of metal. I'm then. so terrified someone's going to take that idea and actually <laughs> just decide to do it yeah. and see how cool it would be yeah. and shoot everyone around them. That would be some good uh, uh, television action press movie. For us. Yeah. You know, kid, thirteen-year-old stoner. Shoots himself and all of his friends. Yeah. After making gunchucks, after hearing it on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but as a good Canadian, I did not try to see who I could market these guns to. Good for you. I tried to say, how do we make them safer? How do you make gunchucks safer? Uh, well, gunchucks. No, that that one's not getting any safer. Uh-huh. That one's that one's. You're, you're pulling the gunchucks out as you're driving <laughs> okay. over the cliff or something. You know. Um. But the rest of my ideas are all on uh-huh. how to make guns safer. Um, and they, some of them, quite a few of them, have, they're more technical. So once again, not for everyone out there, but uh-huh. if you can program, if you are a person who maybe helps make cell phones, a lot of these ideas would be for you. Okay. Okay, so... Um, they have uh, created a uh, a company named Sandia Labs have made a self-guided bullet 
that directs itself like a tiny guided missile and can hit a target more than a mile away. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, they have made facial recognition software. They have made license plate recognition software. Uh-huh. So if you can make all this stuff, then you can make guns that recognize things. Right. Right? It seems to be that that's what they're trying to do. Well, I hope they do. And if they do, they owe me 10% because I'm saying it right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you make guns that are made for one single purpose, right? Uh-huh. I could make a deer recognition gun that will only fire a deer. Uh-huh. And if you want to go deer hunting, great. You get that gun. You go out, do anything you want. No kid's going to pick that up and go to school with it. And It seems like a cheap way to go hunting, though. If you have a bullet that's a deer-recognizing bullet, you it's can a deer-recognizing sh- gun. Oh, the whole gu- the gun, gun. is there, so it, it yeah. would so it's not you're not guiding it's the bullet. You good. can't just just shoot the the no, gun no, no, in the no, no, air no, no. and it's just no, gonna no, no. go and find a deer and I, kill it I'm within a mile. Everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, right. So you make a deer recognition gun can uh-huh. only fire at gear at deer. Uh, you can make a, if you're a person who says we can't take our guns, we need our guns to go to the target range and shoot. You make a target recognition uh-huh. gun, and it can only fire at targets. Mm-hmm. Um. If you are saying you need a gun for home defense, right? Great. I make a weapon recognition gun, and it will only fire if it sees a person has a weapon. Any kind of weapon, yeah, whether sure. it be a shit stick, or <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way to get away from a, from a poop stick is it's to shoot it from a mile away. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, I'm not saying you would have this. I'm saying if they have that other technology, they can do this. I get what you're saying. I'm mixing the technology. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then, uh, but on the, the, you know, guided missile type Uh thing, you have, uh, instead of making it find your target and kill them, Uh you have leg or arm-seeking bullets. Oh, nice. So you can aim it right at someone's face, and that bullet's going to do a sidewinder and hit him in the foot. There you go. And uh, give less lethal <clears throat> shots to your assailant. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, uh-huh. I think someone should make that happen. Oh, uh, All these things I think someone yeah. should make happen. Well, okay. Uh, you also could have a, uh, a gun that mm. has, like... To unlock my iPhone, I put my finger on there, and it knows my fingerprint. That's actually already in. Oh, it is. That, okay, that, a that gun is, that can only used by one person. Yep. That okay. Is, that there, there are guns out. There is technology out there. All right. For fingerprint recognition on uh, the handles of guns. Okay. That uh, has been being tried to be pushed through as okay. a law, and of course, it's going nowhere. All right. So technically, I don't get ten percent on that one. No. But uh, this other one, I think, is a good one, uh, especially okay. with all the upheaval in our society uh-huh. lately. Uh, you make a scope on a gun that uh, would be for the police to use that makes um, everyone appear to be white. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a lot fewer shootings, uh-huh. I'm thinking, are going to yep. happen yep. then. Uh, so, yeah, th- these are uh, my safer gun ideas. That's a good idea. I think one thing that you could add in there is so these guns that the, the the guns okay go ahead no 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 go ahead but I do have one more the guns that recognize people and things yes they obviously have their smart guns right yeah. so they're going to have some kind of or uh, or they're they're attached to a smart camera maybe that uh, would lock it or unlock <clears throat> it well I was thinking that you know there's going to be some kind of uh, brain to this gun 
right? Uh-huh. That that is because that recognition software. There has to be some software that kicks in that allows this gun to shoot, right? Mm-hmm. So you can, for additional monies, buy programs to change whatever it is you want your gun to be at a given time. Okay. So you don't have to buy thirty thousand guns if you're a hunter and a target guy. Okay. But it can only be one thing mm-hmm. at a time. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying you can make it all like I want to shoot deer. And people, yeah, right. Can't do that. But if today I want to go target practice, mm-hmm. I just p- plug in my FireWire, yeah, download the target practice thing on there, sure, and then I can go and target practice, yeah, right. And then if I want to shoot deer, you can do it. Yeah, I, I also did think, uh, but then I abandoned this of um, mm-hmm. a, a lower tech way to make guns safer is to make a like a basically like a toaster heating rod in the in the handle, so uh-huh. the longer you're holding it, it will heat. Uh-huh. So you can only hold it so long. So you can't stock anyone. <coughs> you can't go room to room. You can't do anything like that. But you could pick it up off your bedside table and shoot the burglar. Uh-huh. You know, uh, but the it would heat up. Uh, that people aren't going to buy that though. I don't think so. But this one they might line up for. Okay, <laughs> and uh, this one is much lower tech than the rest of my ideas, uh-huh. uh, so it's much more available for everyone out there. Um, and you make handles on weapons, guns. You can do it to knives, anything that's meant built to be a weapon. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And you make uh, the handles of them secrete testosterone-reducing chemicals. <laughs> um, and you know, right now there are some faster-acting drugs, but they're still not going to be instant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the real appeal of this is going to be if someone is a gun nut and is always going to want to have this gun in their hand, the longer it's in your hand, the lower your testosterone goes, and the less of a chance you're going to have of flying off and Fly- using that gun. Just using that gun. I don't know. If you ever look at those guys, particularly the people that are, are uh, uh, the big... Uh, Right to carry guys. Yeah, they're not very manly. Well, they'd be s- less manly. I don't see a lot of testosterone pumping through those guys. It's almost as if they gain some level of test. It's almost as if there are testosterone secreting chemicals in the guns that oh, they're sure. carrying. That's carry. why I'm gonna <clears throat> turn that boat around. Hmm. Hmm. And, Interesting. Uh, yeah. And so the guys that like sleep with the guns under their bed, they're just going to end up developing breasts. Yes, they will. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe they'll get laid and put their gun down and shut up. <laughs> you know. And then there is—I mean, I will add on to that. Uh huh. The most low-tech way to uh, make guns safer uh-huh. is to make them illegal. Well. Yeah, but that's not going to happen, I don't think, anytime soon in this country. No, so I'm going for things I could not. do. You know, it, it, and as the most low-tech way you could do the testosterone-lowering lowering handles, mm-hmm. just make them out of soy. <laughs> that's true. That is about as low-tech as it gets. Yeah. It's true. It's a long-range plan. And they really will. Their breasts will start to develop, and their testicles will get smaller. And uh, I think you're onto something with that one. That's right. I think you're onto something. Well, you know... You're making a ton of money a lot with of all money these ideas. What are you going to do with it, Noel? Well, you're going to have to do something with it. So 
if you've already made your millions and you can use this as inspiration of what to go out there and spend it on, and if you haven't yet gone off that couch, listen to this. Get a fire up your butt. Run out the door and make the millions and spend it. So, Josh. Yeah, Noel. Brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. For those who require the absolute best sound dock for their iPhones or iPads, the AeroDream One is up for grabs for $399,000. This monolithic speaker system stands over 11 feet tall and comes with its own ladder so you can climb to the top with your device in one hand, hoping you don't slip. It packs 10,000 watts of power, and because each one is custom built, you can expect to wait around 6 months before it ships. This thing, you gotta look it up, the AeroDream One. Mm-hmm. It is enormous, right? It's this giant cylinder, and you have to dock your device in the top of it, right? You're spending $396,000 on this thing or whatever he said. Uh You have to dock it on top of it. So you have to climb up the ladder. It doesn't have a dock that sits there and then passes it through or runs connected by wires or the dock isn't in a lower place where an average-sized person can reach it. No, you have to climb up the fucking ladder 11 feet to put your iPad in the dock. So then when you're done listening, if someone calls you in the middle of it, yep. you got to oh, Excuse me. Excuse me, guys. Ladder, yeah. Pluck your phone off and be like, "Hey, sorry. Yeah. I had to get my phone off of my AeroDream one." Or you could have like a hot air balloon in the room. <laughs> that's right. That just up. brings it up and down. <laughs> yeah, but that's a nice thing to have in the house. Yeah. Uh you know what else you could do if you've got uh fantastic <clears throat> amounts of money is although we just asked for 10% of anything uh-huh. you have, um our mothership, Radio Free Brooklyn, yep. is listener-sponsored, uh, commercial-free. So uh, they do, however, have a uh, Patreon a site. Patreon site—that's the word. Uh-huh. Uh, so if you guys like what you hear, or if you want to support the arts or independent radio, or just want to look fancy, spending <laughs> money on a web page. You can go to Patreon. You can donate money once. You can donate a <clears throat> subscription type thing. Yeah, you can set up a subscription thing on there, I believe. Yeah. So it's like monthly. Yeah. A couple bucks. A couple Doesn't bucks have a month. Whatever you can afford, guys. Yeah. You're not really wealthy yet. Because, look, we, we actually had this discussion with Tom. There was a little bit of friction there <laughs> last week when the discussion about whether Radio Free Brooklyn gets any of the 10%. Yeah. That And, you know, we were pretty clear that, no, Radio Free Brooklyn does not get any of the 10%. No. But if you want to tithe Radio Free Brooklyn, well, not tithe, because tithe no. means 10%. Yes. But if you want to send some money Radio Free Brooklyn's way, give them a little, break off a little piece, because they brought us into this world. That's they right. birthed us. And they could take us out. <clears throat> they can't take <laughs> us out. Um, you know, go on the Patreon site. Look up Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah. And donate a couple bucks. Anything helps. That's right. And, uh... For when the real money comes along and you're wondering how to get in touch with us to give us the millions, uh, you can reach us on Twitter at GRQ Josh Noel. Uh, via email at GRQ with Josh and Noel at gmail.com. <laughs> or you can get us on Facebook at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Noel. You get on iTunes, look us up, find us, hit the subscribe button. Hit That's the right. rate and review <clears throat> button. Give us one star. Give us five stars. Give us whatever you think is proper. And then just say hi. Yeah. 
Yeah, reach out to us, folks. Let us know you're out there. We know you're out there. We see it. Yeah, we, we smell see it. it. We smell it. We can smell you all over this world and all over our country of America. We smell you filthy beasts. Smell that money yeah. dripping off of you. Um, you know, I have one tiny way to make <laughs> a little bit of just uh, spend and scratch. With weapons? Related to weapons. <clears throat> okay. Um, you know, uh, the Eastern Laos. Uh, the Eastern what? Laos. Oh, okay. Uh, during the Vietnam War, right, was heavily bombed by us. They were to such a degree that there are still many people that make their entire living uh, collecting scrap metal. Forty uh-huh. years later, uh, from our bombs, and that's that. You could still go out there and do that. So, <laughs> so you're <laughs> suggesting that our listeners shoot over to Eastern Laos, yeah, pop on over and collect scrap metal, Get, pick it up. And pick it up and then sell it in Laos or bring it back. Like, uh, okay, yeah, that's an idea. Yeah. We'll go with that one. <laughs> Just whatever you do, be careful of running across a live one. Yeah. Because there's still plenty of them there. You will, when you get to eastern Laos and meet some of these scrap pickers, notice that many of them are missing limbs. Sure. Uh, because things did blow up yeah. while they were trying to pick scrap. Yeah. So something to be aware of if you decide to do that. But again... Many of our listeners are the adventurous type. Sure. As and, we discovered. As we have, yeah. And if and if you're gonna roll the dice with any way of getting rich, I think uh weapons is way up there. <laughs> weapons yeah. weapons and rewards are definitely our two biggest uh uh risk taking moves. Not your Canadian version of weapons. Oh, what you. do you you could get a mean <laughs> sliver from that poop stick. <laughs> sharpening it when Especially you're sharpening when you're it with it. your spit. <laughs> You may cut your fingers yeah. on poop, and then you'll get a terrible infection. When you first brought it, I just want to say, when you first mentioned the uh, the leech gun, yeah, my head went to, it's going to take a long time for those leeches to suck all the blood out of that guy to kill him. They don't have to do that. They just <laughs> skeeve no, that guy I get off. it. I get where you were yeah. going with it once you explained it. But in my head, I was thinking... Well, he's going to have done a lot of damage before those leeches suck him dry in a couple of few days. Yeah. You know? But anyway, Noel. Yeah. It's about that time. It is about that time. So, you know, don't trust us. We could be just idiots sitting here spouting moron ideas. Hard to believe. Yeah, but what we're going to prove those ideas are are true and valid uh, for you. And how do we do that, Noel? We do that by scouring the internet, looking for the best get-rich-quick rules that the internet has to offer and then judging our schemes up against those ideas to see whether or not you guys will get rich or won't. So brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn, who is the source of our ideas this week? Today's ideas for or rules, I shall say, because we're the source of our ideas, my friend. Today's rules come from our entitled Five Simple Rules to Get Rich, dot, 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 for complete beginners uh, from Joel's blog. Okay, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Joel and his blog, a uh, classic yeah. way to get rich. Yeah. Um, number one, accept that this is a long journey. It's kind of a long journey. If you're going to be international arms dealer, That's you got to right. travel some distance. Hours on planes. Yeah. You're especially, you're going uh, halfway around the world in most cases. Middle East, yeah. uh, 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 Eastern Europe. Yeah. Places that aren't necessarily uh, 
close. Yeah. Aren't running on the same time zone as we are. And and, and if you are going <clears> to <throat> load that poop stick yourself, if you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> it may feel longer than it really is. <laughs> it really, it's, it's, it's a long journey from in, from ingestion through digestion. Well, that's not even to, where I was getting at. But. I know. Um Learn to save money and to see sitting on cash as being a noble pursuit. Sit on it. Sit on that cash. Yeah, protect it. <laughs> With all of your weapons. With all your weapons. Someone comes to take that cash, what do you do? You throw a leech in his face. <laughs> That's right. Um, target a niche. Yeah. I think, especially with the poop stick. Well, no, I think especially with the guns that only would shoot a target or would only oh, shoot a deer point. or would That's only right. shoot a weapon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right there. And then finally, yeah, begin with yourself. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if you are looking to go out there with a weapon and uh, do some damage, begin with yourself. Take a good look at yourself <laughs> yeah. and see why you're doing it. That's right. So uh, we were, I think, four for four on that one. 100%. So I don't think there was any question. Even We didn't even need the rules, really, no. to uh, come to the conclusion that you're going to get really rich with weapons. Fabulously wealthy. Uh, so uh, once again, for Josh. And Noel. Uh, and Herschel underscore the <laughs> underscore Doxador <laughs> on Instagram. Don't spend all that knowledge in one place. <laughs> Thank you.